Rocket engines unleashed a symphony of thunder and flame, sending shockwaves through the launch pad. The Valkyrie rescue ship, a pinnacle of Earth's technological might, ascended like an avenging angel into the black sky. It broke through the stratosphere, leaving behind a trail of smoke that soon dissolved into the ether of the night sky. As they zoomed through the emptiness of space, on board the vessel, a team of six, sat with vigilant eyes and ready hands. These were elite astronauts, engineers, and scientists, selected for a mission too peculiar to be a simple rescue, a derelict Martian research station had recently started emitting mysterious transmissions after years of silence. In the control room, Captain Mercer piloted with an almost eerie calm, his hands gently caressing the controls as he made micro-adjustments to the ship's trajectory. Around him, the rest of the crew focused on their respective duties, monitoring displays that flickered with complex data. Radar screens painted a picture of the space around them, oscilloscopes showed the integrity of the communications signal, and multiple other diagnostic systems kept them abreast of the ship's vitals. Tensions soared, the atmosphere was electric, thick with anticipation, but no one spoke. They knew their individual roles were cogs in a much larger, unfathomable machine of circumstance. As the Valkyrie approached Mars, it met the planet's gravitational pull. A tense moment passed before the thrusters engaged to slow down the descent, entering the thin, unyielding atmosphere of the red planet. Captain Mercer adjusted the flight angle, compensating for the atmospheric drag, his eyes never leaving the multiple screens in front of him. Within moments, the Valkyrie was met with the sight of Mars' barren landscape, a seemingly endless sea of red rocks, sand hills, and scattered patches of thin frost that reflected the planet's weak sunlight. Finally, they touched down. Landing struts absorbed the impact as jets of sand and dust burst out from beneath the ship. Mercer activated the landing sequence completion, the rocket engines sputtered to a halt. Doors hissed open, creating an eerie contrast with the otherwise dead silence of the Martian environment. One by one, the crew members suited up in their advanced EVA, extravehicular activity suits, specially designed to withstand Mars' harsh conditions. Helmets locked into place with a soft click, sealing off any chance of external contamination. Carrying an assortment of specialized tools, plasma weapons for defense, and drones for aerial reconnaissance, they moved quickly to the rovers that had been housed in the Valkyrie's cargo bay. Within seconds, the rover's engines ignited, the wheels spinning and kicking up clouds of red Martian soil. There was no room for hesitation, time was an unknown variable that none of them could afford to squander. The rovers accelerated across the barren wasteland, heading directly toward the GPS coordinates of the Forsaken Research Station, the origin of the mysterious and disquieting signals that had reached Earth from the abandoned depths of Mars. Rovers came to an abrupt halt, wheels digging into the rusty Martian soil. The research station stood before them, innocuous at first glance, a relic with metallic walls that reflected the pale light of the Martian sun in an almost ghostly shimmer. Solar panels, tilted at various angles, were coated in a thin layer of Martian dust, giving them a dull, tarnished appearance. The station appeared deserted, 
a monument to human endeavor now reduced to an enigmatic puzzle box. Captain Mercer signaled to the crew with a series of coded hand gestures, immediately understood by his highly trained team. Engineers Thompson and Lee leapt out of their rovers and rushed toward a control panel by the station's entrance. Equipped with a mix of traditional and advanced tools, from screwdrivers and wrenches to plasma cutters and quantum debuggers, they set to work. Their gloved hands moved swiftly, attempting to circumvent years of neglect and decay in minutes. Sparks flew, wires were rerouted, and then a soft hum resonated through the walls. With a final tweak, the internal generators kicked into life, and the station was reanimated. Interior lights flickered on with an audible click, each bulb struggling to sustain its glow. The sudden illumination revealed consoles that burst to life, screens displaying streams of archaic code and system statuses. The air filtration systems worked to life, circulating stale but breathable air. Dividing into smaller groups, the crew moved on with their specific tasks. Data scientists Rodriguez and Ahmed rushed to the main computer terminal to begin the process of data retrieval. Their screens were filled with cascading lines of text and figures as they initiated a deep scan, looking for any clues in the recorded logs, transmissions, and stored files. Simultaneously, Captain Mercer, along with security experts Kim and Harris, delved deeper into the station's labyrinthine corridors. Their helmet-mounted flashlights sliced through the murk, revealing steel walls that had not seen light for years. They were looking for any signs of the previous crew, anything that could offer a clue about their mysterious disappearance. Yet, all they found were empty spacesuits, each hung neatly in storage lockers, looking like deflated balloons at a party long forgotten. The absence of bodies added another layer of enigma to the mission. In a secluded chamber, they stumbled upon an audiovisual console, its screen still faintly glowing. A series of video recordings were queued up, each file labeled with timestamps and cryptic notations. Mercer felt a chill crawl up his spine, these recordings had to be the last moments of the previous crew. With no time to preview the eerie archives, he inserted a quantum storage device and initiated a quick upload. Streams of data transferred at light speed as the recordings were copied. Data secured, Mercer signaled the rest of the crew to fall back to the rovers. The time for investigation was over, the next phase was to analyze what they had found and decide on their next steps. The crew members retreated, boarding their rovers with the efficiency of a well-oiled machine. As they exited the station, a stray signal caught Mercer's eye on his rover's communication interface. The screen displayed a garbled, fragmented message, just a few lines of text that looked almost like gibberish. But one word stood out, repeating three times in the middle of the chaos, Echo. With a sense of foreboding, Captain Mercer pushed the rover's throttle to its maximum, speeding back to the Valkyrie. It was time to decrypt the recordings and solve the enigma of the Martian station, completely unaware that they were already becoming part of its insidious legacy. The Valkyrie's internal atmosphere was electric, tension palpable as the crew assembled in the central analysis room. 
Attention was fixed on the large display at the front of the compartment, as Rodriguez and Ahmed prepared to play the extracted recordings from the Martian station. There was a sense of urgency, an unspoken acknowledgement that whatever lay in these recordings could hold the key to understanding the station's haunting mystery. The room darkened slightly as the first file was opened. Sounds echoed through the high-definition speakers, footsteps, hurried and uneven, followed by what seemed to be gasps of panic. They listened as these gasps turned into screams, high-pitched, terror-filled screams that were suddenly and abruptly cut off. Static filled the room for a few seconds, causing several crew members to wince, and then the unexpected happened. The white noise of the static gave way to murmurs, indistinct whispers in a language that was both foreign and oddly familiar, evoking an instinctual sense of dread that sank into their bones. As if on cue, the ship's monitoring systems blinked wildly, a barrage of warning tones and visual alerts disrupting the room's heavy silence. The main screen switched to a diagnostics view, indicating an unusual surge of electromagnetic activity originating from the research station they had just left. The signals were not just abnormal, they were off the scale, unlike anything the Valkyrie's sophisticated systems had been programmed to recognize. Almost simultaneously, their communication devices activated. The same eerie whispers that were part of the recordings now filled the space, echoing through their earpieces, and vibrating through the ship's communication systems. Faces turned pale, eyes widened, hearts raced, but there was no time for the luxury of fear or contemplation. Captain Mercer, fighting to maintain his composure, swiftly initiated the ship's lockdown protocol. With a few rapid keystrokes, he activated the Valkyrie's defensive systems, including its electromagnetic shielding. A reinforced bulkhead slammed shut behind them, sealing off the analysis room. The ship's advanced armor plating began to rearrange its molecular structure, becoming denser to fend off potential electromagnetic threats. At the same time, the Valkyrie's firewall went into overdrive, working to neutralize any foreign data packets that might infiltrate their systems. Mercer glanced around the room at his crew, Rodriguez, Ahmed, Thompson, Lee, Kim, and Harris, each one busy attending to their respective duties, despite the paralyzing sense of dread that hovered like a dark cloud. For a brief moment, he wondered if activating the station's systems had triggered something they should not have, something far more sinister than a mere malfunction or an abandoned scientific project. But this was not the time for questions or doubts, they were in a state of emergency, a situation that demanded action and decisiveness. Turning his attention back to the ship's diagnostics, Mercer realized that the electromagnetic activity from the station was continuing to intensify, its readings becoming more chaotic and less predictable with each passing second. The crew prepared for whatever would come next, entirely unaware that the real horror was yet to unfold. Despite activating every safeguard and fortifying their systems, the Valkyrie seemed to become a vessel of torment. Crew members reported seeing shapes, shadowy, indistinct figures that darted away when looked at directly. Their movements were sudden, fleeting, caught only in the peripheral vision, yet leaving an indelible imprint on the psyche. At the same time, instruments began to malfunction in an unnerving way. 
Diagnostic screens flickered, but what returned were not the usual data points or navigational graphs. Instead, they showed disfigured faces, twisted, malevolent expressions that seemed to mock their futile attempts at control. Panic began to spread like wildfire among the team. Hearts pounded, palms sweated, rationality waned. Captain Mercer realized the escalating chaos was beyond anything their training had prepared them for. Taking a split-second decision, he ordered everyone back into their EVA suits. The plan was clear but drastic, they had to abort the mission and destroy the station, eliminating any chance of this unknown, malevolent force making its way back to Earth. Once suited up, the crew rushed back to their rovers, arming themselves with high-yield explosives and devices designed for rapid demolition. Engines roared to life, kicking up red clouds of Martian soil as they raced back to the haunted station. Time was of the essence, every second they wasted increased the risk exponentially. Upon reaching the station, they set the explosives at strategic points, making sure to cover the primary research areas, the communication hub, and the power generators. The atmosphere was so thick with tension, it felt almost tangible. As they retreated to a safe distance, Captain Mercer clenched the detonator in his gloved hand, his finger hovering over the red button that would reduce the station to ashes. He pressed it. A deafening roar filled the air, accompanied by a shockwave that rippled through the Martian landscape. Fiery plumes reached out to the sky like malevolent tendrils, consuming the station in a blazing inferno. For a brief, delusional moment, they thought they had won, that they had vanquished the incomprehensible threat. That fleeting sense of victory evaporated when the whispers returned, only this time they were louder, angrier, as if incensed by the destruction of their lair. The sound vibrated through the hull of the Valkyrie, resonating in a frequency that seemed to bypass their protective shields and penetrate their very thoughts. It was an auditory onslaught that drowned reason, dominated perception, and twisted reality. As the whispers crescendoed into a cacophonous roar, Captain Mercer felt his resolve crumbling. All around him, his crew seemed equally disoriented, losing their grip on sanity with each passing second. Mercer locked eyes with the diagnostics screen, but instead of data or system alerts, he saw the twisted, malevolent faces again. They grinned back at him, as if to say, you cannot escape us. The realization dawned upon him, they had not contained the threat, they had merely released it, allowing it to infiltrate their systems, their minds, and perhaps even their souls. They were no longer just astronauts on a rescue mission, they were now carriers of an unknown terror that they could neither understand nor control. Engines roaring at full capacity, the Valkyrie accelerated, shedding the gravitational shackles of the Red Planet. The ships, thrusters expelled fiery plumes, marking their departure as they entered the vast emptiness of deep space. Mars shrank in the viewing ports, becoming just another celestial object in a star-dotted canvas. Captain Mercer, his face etched with lines of exhaustion, hunched over the main console. With a few decisive keystrokes, he deleted the cursed recordings, purged the ship's database, even initiated a full system reset, believing, hoping, 
that it would end the haunting phenomena that had beleaguered them since their ill-fated expedition to the Martian station. As the system confirmed the deletion and reset, Mercer breathed a sigh of relief, albeit a brief one. But when he glanced back at the navigational screen, his blood turned to ice. The Valkyrie was not on a trajectory back to Earth as he had ordered. Instead, it was locked onto another destination, coordinates that were alien, incomprehensible, yet irrevocably programmed into their navigation system. It was as if the coordinates had been a latent virus within the deleted recordings, waiting for activation. His ears were again filled with the now familiar, terrible whispers, only this time they grew in intensity, transforming into guttural, inhuman screams that echoed through the ship's interior. It became painfully and horrifyingly clear that they had never been in control. The coordinates, the recordings, the haunting echoes, all were instruments of manipulation to bring them to this specific location in space, this dark, enigmatic anomaly that now loomed large on their senses, gaping like the maw of some cosmic leviathan. Captain Mercer pounded the console, but it was futile. Manual controls were disabled, emergency protocols unresponsive. The Valkyrie, now an entity of its own volition, seemed eager to plunge into the impending darkness. And then it did. As they crossed the event horizon of the anomaly, every screen inside the Valkyrie lit up simultaneously with a single, chilling message, transmission complete. Welcome home. Just like that, the ship, along with its tormented crew, vanished into the enigmatic void. No trace was left, no signal to mark their passage. They became one with the darkness, leaving behind only the echoes of eerie, indescribable whispers to reverberate through the vast, unending vacuum of space. <laughs>